Welcome to the Liberty Tree, podcasting from Family Life Church in Swanee, Georgia. In the big rock candy mountains, the jails are made of tin, and you can walk right out again as soon as you are in. There ain't no short handle shovels, no axes, saws, or picks. I'm a going to stay where you sleep all day, where they hung the Turk that invented work in the big rock candy mountains. I said, hey, good looking, what you got cooking? How's about cooking something up with me? That's right. Hank Williams Sr. Hank Williams Sr. Yeah. Who, if you ever see footage of him, you know, he looks like he's like 45 or 50 years old, but he's really like 28, you know? Yeah. Because he's like, I don't know, hard living, I guess. It yeah. really aged him. Yeah. You know? And he's a bean pole. Yeah. Yeah, he's really thin. Yeah. One of the coolest, to, to this day, now I haven't been to that many concerts, Um I've been to a few, but just growing up, concerts just, they went my bag, baby. That just wasn't yeah. my thing, you know? Uh, but I, I have gone to a few. You didn't like standing in line for 30 minutes to use a crowded bathroom and having, like, warm beer spilled down your back by the drunk guy behind you? And, no, I you could know. do that at Sanford Stadium. I say, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or I could do that at, you know, yeah. you know uh, Fulton County, Turner Field, and I haven't been to SunTrust Park yet, but uh, I heard I heard tickets are, are actually dropping in price because no one's showing up to the games. I heard in yeah. May for the Blue Jays series, it's five bucks. Yeah, ain't well, bad. No wonder the way they're playing. Oh yeah, well, but, uh, yeah. And mm. I, you know, I drive I drive past it with some regularity, and I can't imagine how you're supposed to get in there and park. So apparently, if you follow their little rules on their handy dandy app and ways and all that, they're supposed to. Take your right to your parking spot, and uh, I've heard good things about it, and I've heard there's a lot of really neat, uh, intricate, intricate parts of the park that I'm looking forward to seeing and in trying out there. It's funny; the whole thing is is designed and geared to enjoy everything but the actual game on the field. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> no. Well, my uh, one of my many many brothers-in-law went to a game there, and he said exactly that. He said it's basically, you know, made for the you know, iPhone generation of people that are need constant stimulation from right. a lot of different sources. But he said that sort of there are all of these things, and yet somewhere in the background there's a baseball game going on. Yeah, mm-hmm. and, you know, and there seems there's this push lately. Sorry, I'm I'm a purist when it comes to baseball. I'm I'm a historical traditionalist. Don't mess with the beautiful game, for goodness sakes. Just just leave it alone. I I still disagree with instant replay. I I disagree with challenges. I disagree with all of that. Interleague play. Uh, interleague play, DH. I mean, I, yeah. it, which, which was, you know, DH was before, I think was developed before yeah. me. I think it was in the 70s. Yeah. So, I mean, I still don't don't agree with it. And, and now the winner of the All-Star game gets home field advantage. For the I World think they Series. finally got away with that. <laughs> but now, the other day, it happened to Freddie Freeman for Atlanta Braves, number number five. Uh, they intentionally walked him and without the four pitches. Yeah. To just go, just uh, take yeah, your base. I mean, what if, what if, the, what if one of the, what if, what if the four pitches is wild? Exactly. You know? Or what if you pitch it yeah. a little too close to center and he yeah. wants to hit one out of and, the park? And, and that's right. And I'll tell you what, if you want to speed up the game, intentional walks is not where to do it. Stop letting these guys get out of the batter's box and fix their batting gloves for 15 yeah. minutes. I mean, that's the thing. You, you want to speed up the game? 
No more batting gloves. You want to speed up the game? No more challenges. Whatever the refs call, I mean, they can do their little conference that they want to if they want to overrule each other like they, if we've always been able to do. And this goes back to this one point. I'm sorry, but if you think baseball is boring, you're boring. <laughs> you're boring if you think baseball yeah. is boring. Go is watch it? Go watch something else. That's it's right. Been, it's been, you know, the beautiful game since, good grief, since Honest Wagner was lacing it up. So that's my little diatribe with baseball. Well, that's right. about baseball... Me being from the UK, I thought it was the most boring sport in the world. <laughs> so until you saw cricket and mm. well, we no, tried cricket. We tried our hand at cricket at school. You yeah. know, when you're at school, you try rugby, you try yeah. soccer, for football, you try cricket. We even tried tennis. That didn't last long. We actually did try American football in the park though once. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Boys was- enjoyed that, and then it was like, ah, oh, forget this. Yeah, and then we went back to soccer. Right. That was our game. Yeah, but anyway, but you're you know? saying, but you're saying, but the baseball. baseball. Yeah, when we first moved to America, I remember. Well, Dad used to travel back and forth a lot, back and forth, back and forth with his ministry. But I remember my first game was the Reds and Dodgers in L.A. Wow. Wow. That's I remember that. And Pete, I think Pete Rose was playing. Wow. Because it was like, I mean, I was just a little boy, but I just, I don't remember mm-hmm. like seeing him, but everybody, yeah. you know, from that, you know, it was Pete Rose, Pete Rose, Pete Rose, you sure. know. And it was the Dodgers at, uh, I guess, would it be Dodger Stadium? Back, back then, them. back in the yes. 80s? I think so. Yeah, would it be? Is that old? Yeah, as old as that. Yeah. Anyway, and and we was like way high up, (laughs) but I remember being way high up, but I didn't know nothing about the game. I was just a kid. Yeah. But then when we moved to Atlanta, you know, I was like, oh, this game's so boring. But that's when in the '90s, you know, that was the Braves. The Braves were like, you know, top team basically in their division and. Then I started watching them. Well, I was a strike in '94, right? '94, right. but '93. Yeah. Braves would have won them. the World Series that year, by the way. Well, I watched that? the Braves would have won the World Series that year, by the, the way. The Expos were looking pretty tough mm. in '94. I started watching them in '93, mm. and uh, it's just like, uh, you know. But my wife's grandfather used to watch it all the time. Like he used to leave church service. He was a pastor. Yeah. And like on a Thursday night, and he'd be like, Where, "Where's the pastor?" Yeah. Well, he was over at his house watching the game. You know. <laughs> so I'd go over there and I'd sit with him because his house was next door, and I'd sit with him and he'd kind of explain to me him being from Scotland too, but he just loved the Braves. Yeah. I mean, he was diehard Braves. He, any That's Braves great. game he could watch, That's awesome. yeah. he would watch it. He just yeah. loved them. And so I would sit and watch it with him, and he'd explain why this guy's pitching this way because this guy's on first or that guy's on second or there's nobody on base and why this is a cleanup hitter, blah, 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 lefty-righty yeah. matchups, all that stuff. And then well, that's when the strategic part of the game I start to understand, and that's when I got hooked. Yeah. Mm. And people say, hey, there's a lot of people that I know like from, from Scotland and the UK, oh, man, that's the most boring sport in the world. But they never give it a chance. Right. Well, and, you it's, know? and it's one of those things. It's America's pastime because... Aside from Major League Baseball and professional baseball, it's supposed to be something that people of all skill sets and or skill levels can play. Mm-hmm. You can have people get together in the park and play baseball, and you're going to have some that are really good and some that aren't that good. But everybody's got kind of a chance to do something. You know, you can you can all kind of participate, and you know it it it's something that everybody can do. And it's not as physically demanding as something like soccer right. or American football. It doesn't require, you know, the, the the finesse and the skill of something, you know, like like a like hockey or something that's, you know, you got to be able to skate and balance and yep. do all this and the other. And you know, you can play it in a lot of different, you know, weathers and climates and everything else. And that's why I think it was sort of a, again, it just it was ubiquitous. It was everywhere. Everybody did it. Or there was a time when everybody did. And 
you know, and, and then that carried into the majors, you're seeing the best of the best and then it's, it's exciting thing, but, but you're right. If you've never, if you never played it and you don't really know the rules, there's no clock, so it can go forever. Yeah. You know, and you know, if you think about it, even the best hitters in, in, in the majors only hit the ball, you know, you know, three out of 10 times. Right. If you, for your career, miss only six out of 10 times, you're in the Hall of Fame. Right. It's amazing, isn't so, it? So, that's so one, to somebody that doesn't know, it's yeah, going to seem, it is, you know. Yeah, no. But, I mean, I love baseball now. Yeah. I watch it. I mean, but I, that was something I wish I would have took up, like, trying to play when I was, like, in school I wish in America. I never stopped. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's a, you know, you regret that. But because my sport was soccer all the way through because sure. I was so boring. But the time I hit my 20s, yeah. you know, I was like, man, this is really good. I wish right. I played that. Speaking about baseball, maybe the church team will be. Um, oh, that would be so in on that. Getting back together. Well, getting the gang back together. That's right. Well, oh. you know, we've we, been we, as I've always said. I mean, actually, actually, when, when, when <laughs> we 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 field ten players. I've always said when we have twenty people sign up, <laughs> then we have we have twenty people sign up, then it's worth trying to do. But well, yeah. if you ever seen, we need to recruit some players. If you ever seen the Swanee Station, uh, what's our name? The the Blue Grays. Yeah, if you ever seen the Swanee Station Blue Grays play. We're usually borrowing at least two or three players from uh, the game, the game before us, or the game after us. You know, the, hey, can you stay and play? Uh, okay. Yeah. And speaking about like a baseball is a game for anybody can play. Yeah, yeah. that's our team. That, for yeah. sure. <laughs> for sure. No, at any given point in time, on any given day, you might just connect with the ball that's being pitched to you and put it into play. And it, when that happens, all bets are off. Anything can happen. It, and that's one of the other things that's beautiful and it's amazing to me about the game of baseball is that you're right. You can't run out the clock. The other guy gets his day. The other guy that's gets right. his chance. And, and, and you, no matter, and you might get me this time, but I'll see you in the next inning or I'll see you tomorrow. You know, it, 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 there's so many games played together that just because you beat me in this one at bat doesn't mean that I don't have another chance to come at you again. And there's, it's, it's, I think I, I, I was a, I, every spring training, when, when spring training rolls around on day one, I try to get all the way through it and I don't get all the way through it. But day one, pitchers and catchers report, I immediately start watching Ken Burns baseball and try to follow the, the that yeah. long documentary. It's really good, though. Uh, and and there's one guy on there. It doesn't who, make me as mad as when I watch the Civil War documentary. <laughs> oh, so, yeah. You know, I, can, I can at least watch the baseball one without, like, getting, like seen uh, stomping around my house and <laughs> grumbling. So, so yeah. why, what Civil War documentary? Ken yeah. Burns, he did, he did he, a long Ken, documentary. Ken, Ken on Burns is, you know, I think you can make an argument that he's, you know, the – the best documentary filmmaker of, oh, of really? our time, yeah. So I didn't know that he's tackled his, his first really like major one was the Civil War, okay. And it was you know they show it on PBS every once in a while. It's like eight or ten hours long, something like that, and they usually bust it up into different episodes, you know, based on the years of the war or whatever. But it's really good. The best uh, part of it is Shelby Foot. Yeah, Shelby Foot uh, is one of the one of the I guess guest people that he interviews or whatever and but he interviews people from historians from both sides and he interviews and he read they read a lot of letters from the time and there's just you know there's because you know that's the first war that's really photographed so they, they have a lot of photographs and he has this method of taking a still photograph and slowly zooming in or zooming out so it feels like there's motion even right when yeah, there's yeah. not right and it just that that style of 
documentary filmmaking is now copied by countless people. I mean, you can't see a still photo on a screen, a documentary without that slow zoom or that slow pull away or whatever. I see. I haven't but, heard of him. But but yeah. he but he did that one and then he did baseball, I think was the next one. Yeah. And, and it's really good and it takes the entire history of baseball from before it was a sport, you know, Abner Doubleday was did he invent it or did he not? All the way up through whenever the documentary was made. So every, every era in between. He would be like the Paul Harvey of yeah, you could say that kind of yeah, kind of yeah. like that. On but he's got one of he's got a he's got one about jazz music, which again is the, really the uh, you know only true American created you know music form. Every other form of music we have kind of comes from someplace else. But it, it's I, I guess uh, he has one about World War Two, mm. which is really good. But I guess it doesn't stand out because there's a lot of good World War Two documentaries. Right. I guess, but. Um, but anyway, every time he every time he makes one of these monster documentaries, they're all just like outstanding. He had one about the Dust Bowl. Okay, yeah, that was really good. Kim um, Kim Burns, uh, yeah, when he did the baseball, originally it was just nine episodes for nine innings, and each episode was called the first inning, the second yeah. inning, and then as time marches on, because he made this documentary in the mid '80s or late '80s, I want to say, that he he adds to the series and they call it like the 10th inning and the 11th yeah. inning. And they're, I think, uh, I think what they've gotten to where right now on baseball is they've included the, um, uh, the Red Sox winning the world series, right. which is cool because in the original documentary, he, you know, when he touches on the Red Sox and they're, you know, not winning the world series, the curse he, of the Bambino, right? He interviews so many people and fans that they're just so heartfelt in their teams. It's really cool to see. But, um, uh, in, in that baseball documentary, there was a guy on there, and I can't remember his name, so excuse me, but he says, you know, thousands of years from now, when uh, people who are living at the time are studying American civilization, uh, and they'll come away with three things, three beautiful things that we've created. He said, the Constitution, jazz music, and baseball. Yeah. Mm. There was a thing on talking about baseball and these stories with that guy from the Cubs, the Bartman. Yeah, mm. yeah, it was on the other night. Watched yeah. a little bit of it. I've seen that. Like, is it you Charlie know, Bartman's? Charlie? Steve, Steve Bartman, Steve Bartman. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that guy. But back to my original point about country music. <laughs> How we got on that through? I was going to say yeah. the the greatest concert I've ever been to was at the Grand Ole Opry, and one of the coolest things in the world because they have on stage at the Grand Ole Opry in the theater they took the original floor from the Ryman Ryman and, Auditorium, yeah, right, and they they put it in the center stage of where where the Grand Ole Opry uh, plays live now. And it's the circle, and it's from the flooring over there. And I remember going through the uh, like tour prior to a show, and I'm telling you, everyone who's played the Grand Ole Opry, Hank Williams, you know, all, the, all these other famous country musicians, they all stood right there. Mm-hmm. And it's just, yep. just kind of cool to, to stand there and get your picture taken with it, and then it, it the history that's in that place is just, you know, just blows my mind. I, I, I love country music. You know, it's just, it's, it's in me when I hear it. I, I, I don't know. It's yeah. one, of those, one of those things. You know, interesting fact doesn't mean much, but my sister sung at the Grand Ole Opry. Wow. Really? Mm-hmm. Wow. That's impressive. Ago. That's impressive. Yeah. Wow. Back in the early 90s, I think it was. Wow. I wasn't there. Oh, that's too bad. Man. Yeah, I know. Well, you heard it was good? You heard it was a Well, I heard... I can't remember what it's for, some oh. gospel thing, but she did sing at the oh, Grand she's Ole got, Opry. She's got a whale of a voice, so you know she's got you know she's got good pipes. 
Um, anyway, you even got an app now, a Grand Ole Opry app that you can go to and open it up. And when they're having a live show, you click the button, say listen live, and it feeds you into the live Grand Ole Opry feed that people have been listening to for years and years, but now on your phone. Wow. That's pretty cool. What else can you do with your phone now? Huh? Everything. Well, you can listen to the Liberty Tree podcast, which is what we're talking about right now. Segway now that master. That's for, now that we're 15 minutes into episode 15. So that was a, a bunch of dorks. That was a Blazing Saddles <laughs> reference. <laughs> but uh, we've been taking the very scenic route to Emmaus. <laughs> so if you were with us on episode 14, we talked about Genesis chapter 3, verse 21. And here in episode 15, we're going to bring you Genesis chapter 3, verse 22. <laughs> He's everywhere. <laughs> Jesus is everywhere in uh, Scripture. <laughs> so, so, you know, even moving at a snail's pace, we're still getting closer to the to, closer to Emmaus than we were last week. So <laughs> slow and steady wins the race. That's slow right. and marinate in the goodness that is Christ in Scripture, Christ for you. Uh, Genesis chapter three, verse twenty-two. Then the Lord God said, "Behold, the man has become like one of us, in knowing good and evil." Now lest he reach out his hand and take also of the tree of life and eat and live forever. And some notes I had in that, how that points to Christ, because I have stopped it right there. The tree of life, the cross of Christ, is our tree of life. Unguarded by the law, but coming to us, clothing us, just as God clothed, uh, just as God himself clothed Adam and Eve. Um, so... Who who is the us referring to in that verse? That's a very good question. I know that I'm sure people have been debating about oh, that yeah. for who, centuries. Like who's God talking to? I think I think this might also be pointing to just a kind of precursor of pointing to the Trinity. Uh, yeah, you know, I mean, yeah. yeah, there's a case for that. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. Father, Son, and Holy Ghost to be us. My 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 the pages of my was it onion, whatever paper, Bible, whatever kind of stuff that's not, thin. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm going to pull and just look, because I have a study your, of Bible. Your papyrus rolls. Right, yeah. I'm looking it's here. It's not like God see. and his angels, is it? Could be. Say, well, it maybe. It might be the angels. That's right. Let's see. I'm going to look up, see if the study Bible has anything on this, because I'm sure this is, you know, we're not the only ones to go, wait a minute, us, who's us? Um, this is complete improv live so i have no idea what we're going to find out that's right so it's it's exciting we're going to find out together one word at a time go for it (laughs) (laughs) like one of us uh knowing good and evil god acknowledged the truth of what the serpent said to the woman having done evil by disobeying god adam and eve now know both good and evil tree of life okay just skipped right through that no tell me didn't want you to know so, but then it, does the next part of that verse mean now lest he reach out his hand and take also of the tree of life? So does that mean the tree of knowledge of good and evil was a separate tree from the tree of life? I guess Two so. Two different trees? So they, if only they'd eaten from the other tree, then they'd never have died, right? Or, well, remember it says, um, yeah. uh, therefore the Lord God, this isn't just falling right after verse yeah. 22, says, uh, therefore the Lord God sent him... S- Lord God sent him out from the Garden of Eden to work the ground from which he was taken. That must have been such a drag. Get out and I work, mean, pal. You're in this Garden of Eden, and it's perfect. It's paradise. And then you're out of it, and you're just like scratching in the hard ground. Man. Like an 18-year-old, well, get a job. Yeah, just like, 
You know, he must have, he must have just been like looking back up going, seriously? Man, what did I do? Yep. It says, uh, he drove out the man, and at the east of the Garden of Eden, he placed the cherubim in a flaming sword that turned every way to guard the way to the Tree of Life. Which that's always it's bothered like a, my mind as well. It's like a doorman at a busy club, like you're trying to get in, and he's like, nope, sorry. <laughs> I mean, how, how has Indiana Jones not, you know, tried to find this flaming sword that's guarding the, the tree of life? Because I'm assuming it's still there. Or, or maybe I'm just completely off here. Oh, well, maybe the cherubim took it back to heaven with him. I don't know. Or maybe the tree of life that this is referenced to, God allegorically or maybe even figuratively somehow removed it from the Garden of Eden and used that tree to plant it so that it could be used as the tree of the cross on Golgotha. And the tree of life literally becomes literally the tree of life. Wow. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Amazing. I mean, you know, and it, it, it really could be. So when we when we read that verse, do we have some New Testament cross references as we did in our our last episode? Several, okay. and a lot of it I'm pulling from this Tree of Life uh, uh, reference, and this Tree of Life reference also to kind of plug the name of the podcast. That's kind of where we got the idea or the concept of the Liberty Tree right. being the cross of Christ or, or the Tree of Life. Um, Acts five. Uh, verse 30 says, The God of our fathers raised Jesus, whom you killed by hanging him on a tree. First uh, Peter 2.24 says, He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree, that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. By his wounds you have been healed. Revelation 2.7 uh, He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To the one who conquers, I will grant to eat of the tree of life which is in the paradise of God. Revelation 22, 2, through the middle of the street of the city, this is referring to heaven, through the middle of the street of the city, also on either side of the river, the tree of life with its 12 kinds of fruit, yielding its fruit each month. The leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. Revelation 22, 14, blessed are those who wash their robes so that they may have the right to the tree of life and that they may enter the city by the gates. Revelation twenty-two eighteen through 19, I warn everyone who hears the words of the prophecy of this book, if anyone adds to them, God will add to him the plagues described in this book. And if anyone takes away from the words of the book of this prophecy, God will take away his share in the tree of life and in the holy city, which are described in this book. Wow. Interesting. Very dangerous waters to tread. That's right. That last verse. But yeah. I notice how in the... You know, Acts 5.30 and in the first Peter 2, verse 24, both times uh, they talk about his body on the tree. They don't mention the cross. They mention it as a tree. Tree. That's right. You know, um, and of course, uh, obviously, the cross that he was hung on would have to been hewn or, you know, otherwise fashioned from some sort of tree. But but still, you know, um, they, they mentioned it as a tree. Mm-hmm. So. It, it's almost as if the the writers, you know, you know, Luke writing Acts and Peter writing First Peter. It's almost like they're kind of, you know, lighting up the neon sign. You know, this means something, or this is pointing to something. You know, and then the, the references to the tree of life, that, you know, that that Revelations points to. Um, I, I believe that it is pointing to the cross and the tree of life that was mentioned in the Garden of Eden. And the tree of life that is in heaven 
I, I believe both times all around that this tree of life that Scripture is referencing is the cross. The fruit that we eat from it is Christ. Yeah, I mean, yeah. just as just like Adam and Eve plucked fruit from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and ate, and death came into this world, we pluck from the tree of life, which is the cross, and pluck from Christ, Him, His yeah. body, His blood, and when we eat it, it's life. Yep. And mm-hmm. that's and God has the God is all, and He said, "You're saying it so many times." Behold, I make all things new. God is about reversing what we have done as man with sin. And how interesting in Genesis, tree of life is referenced, and all of this has been wrapped back around to there is a tree of life again that we now get to eat. Adam and Eve were driven out of the garden, not being allowed to eat from the tree of life. Fast forward all the way through to the very end. Now God is, is allowing us to take and to eat. That's right, and it says it right here in, in verse 22 of Genesis. Now lest he reach out his hand and take also of the tree of life and eat and live forever. I mean, bam, there mm-hmm. it is. It's right there. And then we remember how we talked about in a previous episode, I think the one right before this, how Scripture interprets Scripture and how you know the things that might be confusing sometimes, it's all linked up together. It's just like what you said, lest he eat from it and live forever. When I was a kid, I just think, well, you know, how do we not have we how have we not found this tree and eat it and yeah. then we have everlasting life? The whole time I'm thinking, wait a minute, where else in the Bible does it talk about living forever, having everlasting life? And the only times that it's refer- referenced that, like what must I do to have eternal life? It's through faith in the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ that's right. for us. And that's what's so cool to me too, is that. Him doing that is a gift of God's grace for us, and that's just awesome. To yeah, me. it is. This uh, scripture here, the Revelation two seven, he says, "He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches." Now, this passage right here is interesting too. To the one who conquers, I will grant to eat of the tree of life. Conquers what? That's a very good question. The first, yeah. the first thought that I think of to the one who conquers, I mean, you got to look back and ask, well, who has conquered or who, mm-hmm. who, who is doing the conquering? And that's Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and maybe this is also throwing shade or, or pointing to, you know, those who are in Christ that were more than conquerors. Gotcha. Um, yeah. Uh, maybe, maybe that's a play on that as well. Sure. Um, uh, to the one who conquers, I will grant to eat of the tree of life. Um, it's a very interesting passage. Mm-hmm. I thought that when I looked at it, it was very interesting. Yeah. And then, because I think about, especially when it comes to salvation and when it comes to, you know, if I ask myself, hey, Zach, how are you going to conquer? How, how, are, how are you going to, to conquer and what are you conquering? What is this fight that you've been tasked with? And well, it's a fight against sin. Mm-hmm. It's it's a fight against you know old Adam, old Zach. It's a fight against my sin nature. Um, and then I ask myself, how am I going to conquer that? And the only answer that I have is by the grace of God, through the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ for me, knowing that me conquering is going to be something that Christ is doing and or Christ is doing through me. 
Well, and let's, let's, let's take a listen to it from the King James Version. And I'll start in verse 6, which actually starts a verse before just what we're referencing here, but it might give us more of a perspective on the conquering question. Verse 6, But this thou hast, that thou hatest the deeds of the Nicolaitans, which I also hate. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. To him that overcometh will I give to eat of the tree of life, which is in the midst of the paradise of God. Verse 8, And unto the angel of the churches in Smyrna write, These things saith the first and the last, which was dead and is alive, etc., etc. So in this King James Version, they use the word overcometh as opposed to conquer, which, you know, we in you know, English language give a little bit different definition to those two words. I mean, you know, typically conquering is something that you go forth and do, uh, usually, you know, with a specific intention. But when you overcome something, a lot of times it's a trial or a tribulation that's maybe been set before you yes, right. that you didn't necessarily set out to find, but here it is, and you still have to overcome it to, you know, progress on to whatever whatever it is you're trying to do, but it wasn't necessarily something you set out to do. Does that, if that make sense? Yes, right, yeah. yeah. So maybe it's just in the particular translation that we have here. Maybe. Um, but but it's still the question is who, who, you know, who is it or who is it speaking to? Right, and and also it kind of to feed into, you know, understand that passage is to the one who conquers, I will grant to eat of the tree of life. Well, that's pointing to salvation and I mean, because eating from the tree of life, right? The tree of life is, you know, you'll, you'll live forever. So the only way that I know uh, when it comes to Scripture or when it comes to the rest of Scripture, the only way I know that I'm going to be getting eternal life is if I have someone who has conquered for me. And it also could be pointing to the fact that, uh, you know, as God counts us or imputes us or places on us the righteousness of Christ at, through salvation, you know, this, you know, substitution talk, you know, Christ in place of me on the cross is, and again, if I'm, if I'm in, if I'm in heaven, if I'm being reconciled with God, it is because Christ is gain, is being counted in place of me because me on the table, I'm toast. There's no way, a record of my life is not going to reconcile me with God. So maybe in the same way, this might be pointing to, to the one who conquers, I will grant to eat of the tree of life. Again, Christ's conquering is counted for me, if that right. makes sense. Right. Right, it does. Like a substitute, like right. he's taken our place, right? which he has. And that's even cool even more because you're, if God counts you as a conqueror and you're like... No, I'm not. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. yeah. 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 Trust me, I, I have no. I don't think I've ever conquered anything. I believe. Right. No, I've conquered a couple of cheeseburgers in my day. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. But, That's true. But you know what I mean? And how cool is that? And then, in, in the other passages in the Bible, where you know God says, "Fear not, little flock, for it is the Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom." That's something that I always go back to, and that kind of overwhelms me a little bit. Is that this isn't a a you know stone cold you know you know courtroom of okay this happened so there you go okay next you know yes you know Jesus blood has covered you you're saved next or that it's yeah. some kind of formality right you know? you know it says it it 
pleases yeah. God mm-hmm. to give us everything yeah, it's that like, is his. Yeah, it's like when you, you know, when you're at your grandmother's house for, you know, Thanksgiving or Christmas and she's made this big meal, you know, that she put a lot of work into, but nothing makes her happier than feeding her family. You know what I mean? Like, right. she, yeah. like, yeah. like you, you would think that it'd be like, okay, well, I've been slaving away. Here you go. But no, she's, you know, she's thrilled. She's, you know, the, the best part of her day is seeing you eat the food that she made, you know? Right. And I think it's, a, it's, it's the same thing, but you know, on a much, much grander scale, I mean, you know, I mean, God has this paradise that he's, he's made for him. He's made us this universe to live in, but then he has this even grander paradise that we can't even conceive of, and he, he, can't, and he just can't wait to give it to us. Can't wrap the human mind around it yeah. to what yeah. he has prepared for his children. Right. I, I just can't get past it. It's so hard for me because I know I'm so undeserving of it, and right. I know that he knows what I have done. He knows what I'm going to do. He knows my thoughts. He knows my heart. And so the idea, the concept that God is so good that it pleases him to give this to me, that it, 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 it's overwhelming. And, and the fact that, and that uh, just can, to compare, not compare, but to add on to that is that the fact that Christ calls me his friend. I, one of the, there's the difference between friends and acquaintances. It, it's completely different. Friends are, even to the, you know, in this day and age are very hard to find. In, in, in the fact that God the Son, who, who created everything with his word, would say, Zach, he's my friend. Ben, he's my friend. John, he's my friend. And, and to admit that and to claim that, to claim me, it's like, <laughs> uh, yeah. do you know who I am? He goes, yes, I know what, that you've did this, you've done that, and you've done that. And you know what? Not everybody hates you, Zach. Not everybody hates yeah. you. It's that line from Tombstone. I've heard this in another podcast where, you know, Doc Holliday is, is going off about how the wretched life he has. And, you know, he's doing this with, you know, Big Nose Kate, his, his mistress, who's also a prostitute and all this stuff and how his life is awful. And he's the most hated, you know, and he's just everything. And Wyatt just looks at Doc and says, not everybody hates you, Doc. And Wyatt was meaning him. Yeah. Like, you know, I know Doc, uh, Wyatt Earp knew everything about Doc Holliday and still he would ride with him. Yeah. He, he would claim him. He would, he would go to the OK Corral with him. And he was his friend, regardless of the fact he was there in his deathbed. He was, you know, in, in knowing how bad Doc was, that didn't matter. And, and, and friendship is such a un, unused or unspoken about or un understood term and it's it's so rare and i i'm a i don't think it's going to go away i think i always will be but it seems like to me in my perspective the more time passes the more the next generation doesn't understand what it actually means to have and to be a friend yeah yeah i mean kind of gets watered down yeah. each yeah. generation you know Taking somebody to the airport, helping to move, uh, getting bail money. Uh, <laughs> I, mean, I mean, you know, I mean, bail money. I mean, I mean, I mean, how many people? I mean, literally, how many people as an adult, even how many people do you know where if you called them, you know, whatever time and said, you know, this is kind of you know, going to extremes, but, yeah. but just said, I need you to bring a shovel and a black bag right now. I'll explain later. <laughs> you know, you know, and, and you know, you know, and how how many do you have or that yeah. you know that would be like I'm there. Yeah. Or, or tell me where. 
And we'll, you know, and, 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 and you know what I mean? They'll it's, be like, I saw you come home with a flat of pansies in the back of your truck the other day, so <laughs> we've got some gardening to do, but I'm your friend and I'll be right there. <laughs> it's, you know what I mean? Yeah, I know and, what you mean. And, 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 uh, and the well, fact that Christ yeah. is look, is look, looks at us, and even when we feel the worst of ourselves, and it's because we're looking at ourselves, not at Christ, that Christ will look at us and say, you know what? Not everybody hates you. I know everything about you, everything that you've done, and you know what? You're my guy. You're my gal. Yeah. Our hairs and our head are numbered. Yep. That's right. Yep. Nobody Amazing. knows that. No. Well, with me, it's easy to count. There's like, I see what? <laughs> One, two, three. Three. That's how many. There he is. Three. <laughs> the Charlie Brown, uh, Homer Simpson hair. That's right, pretty much. <laughs> three. Yeah. Yeah, the hairs on your head are yeah. numbered. Yeah, but 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 seriously though, it's it's true. I mean, he knows that every inch of us. I mean, like same way, if if you have children, you feel like you know them inside and out. You know, you know from top to bottom, and um, you know. Um, but he he knows us and loves us even more than that. It's like that woman at the well where he rolls up on her, and he's just having a conversation, just being nice, just you know just talking to her and everything and and uh it comes out that you know you know why are you talking to me you know blah blah blah, blah. yeah and he says I'm a oh. woman of ill repute right and he says well i know he goes the 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 man that you're living with right now is not your husband as a matter of fact uh he's number five or or or, or and that like didn't scare jesus away that didn't have him how dare you? Right. You blah, 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 any, blah. any other any other rabbi or Pharisee would, would have condemned. Would know. have been caught dead, right? With a woman, or yeah. condemn them, yeah, or condemn them, yeah. And it goes back to the verse where Jesus said, "You know, I didn't come to condemn the world; I came to save it." Mm-hmm. You know, Christ didn't Christ didn't come uh, to make bad people good. Uh, Christ came to make dead people live. That's right. And I think Ravi Zacharias said that. Mm-hmm. And in being good, you know, that's part of. The promise that Christ has given yeah, it, that he will that do, right. it, but he's the doing it. He the doing it. Yeah. He, it says that he will sanctify you. He will finish the good work that he started. Christ is the author, meaning beginning and writing, and finisher of our faith. He does the work. He does the completing. And the worst place I can possibly be is when I realize that, that I'm doing something good or I've done a good work. Because immediately it no longer is a good work because I take pride in the good work. That's right. Mm-hmm. Very yeah. good. Well, I think uh, we've managed to get through another single verse of the Old Testament <laughs> <laughs> on the Liberty Tree <laughs> podcast. So I don't know if uh, all of our listeners have, have read the Old Testament, but there are quite a few verses in it. So we should have plenty of uh, future episodes uh, worth of material to draw from. Mm-hmm. But Just wait till we get to numbers. That's right. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> But, That'll uh, be interesting. But we will we'll be back again soon to pick up on our long road to Emmaus, but an interesting road, though, I must say. Yeah. And, um, and Very good. Hopefully soon, uh, as we've been threatening to, have, have some, some guests with us as well. Um, but in the meantime, you know, seek Christ in your life. You'll be rewarded for it, and there's no doubt of that. But um, we hope that if you're in our area, that we'll see you at Swanee Station Family Life Church. But if you're not in our area, we hope that you can find a church that you can call home because, you know, it, it can only enrich your life, and it's a good thing. But we'll be back with more of the Liberty Tree Podcast.
you ever have any questions uh, for us on the podcast here, feel free to send us an email at thelibertytreepodcast at gmail.com. Uh, we'll be happy to answer any questions you have, or if there is a topic or something that you want us to discuss on the podcast, feel free to let us know. You can find us on Facebook, the Liberty Tree Podcast. If you're on Twitter, our Twitter handle is at Liberty Tree Cast. And also, we are on the church website. There's an icon on the website that's a picture of our logo. Just click on that. And to get to that website, it's familylifechurchswanee.com. Look forward to hearing from you. Thanks so much. More to come later. One evening as the sun went down and the jungle fire was burning, down the track came a hobo hiking, and he said, boys, I'm not turning. I'm headed for a land that's far away beside the crystal fountains. So come with me, we'll go. This was the Liberty Tree, podcasting from Family Life Church in Swanee, Georgia.